and we are live, everybody. Back with the There Are No Rules podcast, season two, episode one. Uh, I apologize for <laughs> the uh, no upload during the summer, but uh, you know, your boy was busy. You know, we might get into what I did a little bit. But anyways, we're back. And so uh, with me today, to kick it all off, is Micah Howell. Micah, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I guess, do you want to start off by just giving a little uh, bio about yourself? A little intro? Yeah, I'll give you a little intro. So I'm a junior at the University of Alabama. Um, you know, just trying to do my best and see what kind of impact I can make. And so down here, I just started a company called Hometown Heroes Sports Agency. Uh, I'm involved in lots of things in the business school. I'm an ambassador for it and several other things. Um, and I mean, I just, man, I'm passionate about what I do. I'm here to, to work hard and see what dreams I can accomplish. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I guess just to start at the beginning, like you, you've worked in NIL like since its inception, basically, which was what, like December, 2020. So, so background on NIL, NIL officially became legal on July 1st, 2021. Okay. Um, the reason that NIL, a lot of people see it as insane today is because essentially June 30th, the Supreme Court kind of told the NCAA, like, hey, we're not going to back you mm-hmm. on this. And so if, if anything goes wrong, it's it's on your hands. Yeah. Well, the NCAA said, we don't like that. So then they told, they essentially came out and said, all right, well, we're not going to make any rules either. That was where everything went wrong. But then they said, all right, states, y'all have the decision now. Mm-hmm. Well, 27 states said, all right, here's the set of rules. And then 23 states said, no shot. Schools, y'all come up with your own rules. So then yeah. you had hundreds of different sets of rules. Nobody really knew what was happening. And then those 23 states had all the recruiting advantages. So then those 27 states started just abolish all the rules. Yeah. And so now NIL is just this wild, wild west. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like it's kind of just like, Everything got thrown out there, and it was like, all right, y'all, you know, do whatever you want to do. Yeah, it was. Um, that's essentially what happened. I mean, that's why you saw the NCAA commissioner step down yeah. a couple months ago. And, I mean, it was that he he didn't really know where to go from there because he saw how messed up it got that fast. And so, But where I started in it, I started back last November, November 2021, and then I've been in it ever since then. I started for one company called Fans Meet Idols, and then worked there for eight months and led their sales team, recruited 50 or 60 athletes, hired on a team of 24, 25 people to to kind of be the sales team that I manage, and then ended up leaving there this past June and decided to start this new sports agency in it, and so now I'm giving that a shot. Yeah, dude, that's... I uh, I remember when you uh, you followed me on Instagram, and I was like, why, why are all these bots following me? <laughs> For whatever reason, I was like, man, this is just some bot account. And so I was like, you know, we'll, we'll see what this about, what this is about. And I was like, oh, Micah follows him too. <laughs> and then I looked into it and I was like, oh my gosh, like Micah started his own NIO company. Yeah, I've, it's, so, it's been a process. I decided to start it. I, I had thought about it for a long time at my yeah. old company and then just you know, decided to, to give it a shot when I, when I finally resigned from that position. And so 
here I am learning how to do everything on my own, learned how to make a website. I got my OLC, yep. so I'm like a oh, yeah, sweet. I'm officially official company. I yeah. had a lawyer look over my contract. I mean, I got a tax consultant now. Mm-hmm. We're going, I'm learning all kinds of yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's so cool. Just like, it's like when, uh, sorry. Um, when I started the podcast, it was like, I knew nothing. I was like, let's go, let's, um, you know, look up like, I think I looked up like podcasting essentials, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Bought all this stuff and I was like, let's do it, man. Yeah. And so, you no. know, it, it's a grind, it's a process, but. It is. Uh, you quickly learn the, how much money is in is in buying all the stuff to get yeah. things started. And this is a much smaller scale, you know, than what you're doing, so. Man, let me tell you, I, I called my roommate the other day, and I was like, bro, I accidentally started a company that's a lot bigger than I meant to start a company. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm sitting there, and I was like, dude, I'm like officially licensed. Like, I'm getting emails from the state of Alabama telling me to register my business all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah. I'm over here. I'm like, I'm not just selling things on Etsy anymore. Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I own a company. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's been, it's been really cool. It's been really cool to start. I'm up to about, I have eight, eight athletes officially signed. I got a call with another athlete later today. I got probably 20 contracts out to athletes that I'm mm-hmm. working on right now. And so yeah. we're getting things started. I was so. going to ask you if, if you can't talk about it, then that's fine. But, uh, where, where does the Ohio state pipeline come <laughs> from? Yeah. So right now of my, of my eight athletes that I have, f- three of them are from Ohio state. Mm-hmm. I, I'm about to sign one or two more from Ohio state. Yeah. But, so my first two athletes were two of my first three athletes were from Ohio state and I knew them from my last company. Okay. And so when I signed them, word kind of just got out, built a little credibility at the school. Yeah. And so, I mean, from there just name got passed along and now I have a men's volleyball, women's volleyball and a women's basketball player Mm -hmm. at Ohio state. Yeah. So, Moving the pipeline, about to sign a women's golfer at Ohio okay. State, actually, so that would be kind of sick. Cool, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm trying to get – ideally, I didn't want to just sign a whole bunch of football and basketball players. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Nothing against football and basketball. I will also sign football and basketball yeah. players. But that's – I don't I don't want to be your typical NIL agency that just sees NIL as, as football and basketball, and those are the only two things that hold value. So. Yeah. So, I guess, walk me through as far as, like – where does your role come in and where does an agent's role come in with the athletes? Yeah. So, so I started this company and it, it's a sports agency, Yeah. but I don't want to be an agent. And so there's, there's two main reasons I started this company. One is that I wanted to kind of create a way that college athletes outside of just your star quarterback and your star point guard could make money in NIL. And so they're, NIL is essentially split up college athletes into three different categories. You have your top 5%, then you got about 45 to 95% range, yeah. then you have that bottom 45%. Right. That bottom 45%, it's nothing against them. They're getting their college paid for. That's a great thing. That middle for, middle 50%, they're being taken care of, but, I mean, they're not making a ton of money. And then that top 5%, like, they have agents. They have millions of dollars in NIL deals, whatever you want. I mean, that's your Bryce Young's, that's your Will Anderson's, mm-hmm. that's your... CJ Stroud. Yeah, all those people. You know. So, and they're all being taken care of. What I'm really yeah. going after is that that middle 50%. Mm-hmm. 
And so, because that's who, that's who has value, but it's a lot of times who don't really know, haven't really been taught how to capitalize on that value because they don't have time to, on their own, go reach out and contact brands. They don't know how to negotiate contracts. They don't know how to do all these things. Well, then the flip side of that is companies don't know how to find athletes. They don't know the benefits of NIL. Mm -hmm. They don't know who to reach out to all these things. And so I kind of wanted to be that matchmaker of, of who connects the athletes and the, and the brands and then teaches them how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's one side of where I started my company. The other side is I wanted to create a way that college athlete or college students and aspiring sports agents can kind of get experience in that field. Because a lot of times people that want to go on and do that in the real world, they don't get to do it because they like they don't have the experience to do it. I'm talking to one guy right now about being an agent, just graduated from UGA. And I mean, everywhere he tries to apply, they tell him like, you can't, like we won't accept your application because you don't have three to five years of experience. Yeah, That's insane. Like this guy has a, a degree from the University of Georgia. I've worked with them for nine months and I mean, they're going to tell him that he can't even apply. Yeah. I'd trust this man to be an agent any day. And so yeah. that's why I'm, that's why I'm going out and trying to start start this thing on the other hand because i want to give these college students a way to kind of chase their dreams and go after that kind of stuff so because it's like it's how can you have three to five years of experience in something that's only been around for less than two yeah barely over one year yeah yeah so but i mean like even in that role like they're just talking about like if you have like sales or marketing experience or Mm -hmm. just some kind of corporate experience but also like who wants to do a job that you don't want to do for three to five years mm-hmm. just so you can eventually maybe get a shot at your dream job later on that morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also like they've never done it before. Who knows if it's their dream job. So give them a chance to test it out and figure out if they like it or not. Yeah, so, for sure. That's what I'm trying to do. So from what I understand and correct me if I'm wrong, it's you find deals for the athletes or well, does the agent find the deal or do you find the deal? The agent finds the deal. So I didn't answer your question very well last time. Okay. The agent finds the deal. I bring on the agent. I'm more on the recruiting side and just kind of managing the company. Okay. And so I run the social media accounts. I run the website. I recruit the athletes, all that kind of stuff. The agents, they're more reaching out to companies, um, interacting with the athletes, not day to day, but week by week, month by month, negotiating deals, figuring all this stuff out. So that we can get the, so that we can partner the athletes with okay. the, with the company. So yeah. I'm not actually out there finding the deals. I'm hiring people to go out and actually find those deals, and then we take a commission from those deals. And that's how our company and the agent makes money. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's big time. I'm, it's it's you know? trying to be big time. Yeah. <laughs> so right now I'm trying to find agents, and I got a couple people I'm talking to about investing in it. So cool. We'll yeah. see if it works out. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I guess like going back to just talking about the rollout of NIL, Mm. I I just, I had a suspicion it wasn't going to go well when they just were like, well, you know, all right, NIL is the thing. I'm like, where are the guidelines? You know, like where, like, how are you going to, I mean, because anything that goes unchecked and unbalanced is you know there's going to be exploitation you know and so i really just think the ncaa dropped the ball on that 
Yeah, the NCAA, there's kind of two sides to the story. So the NCAA could have and probably should have set some rules. But the other side of it, I mean, a lot of what's wrong with NIL right now, and I say what's wrong, that's an opinion, I guess. But yeah. it's it's the collectives. Well, the schools don't manage collectives. Mm-hmm. And so then it kind of comes down to, like, the NCAA could have set rules. But, I mean, really, those collectives are just – they. so here's – Collectives file themselves as a nonprofit business. Mm-hmm. The way that they get away with doing what they do is they take in money from all of their donors. Well, as a nonprofit, you legally have to distribute all of that money. Yeah. So then they will go up to Travis Hunter at okay. at Jacksonville State. Yeah. They'll go up to someone like him, and this is just, he's just an example in this case, and they'll say, "Hey, here's X amount of money." Um, or who, like, who's your favorite charity? We'll give your favorite charity five grand. So charity gets five grand. That's the nonprofit's donation. Well, then they have to pay their expenses, their salaries, things like that, what it takes to actually run a business. Mm-hmm. So just like any other nonprofit, Goodwill, Salvation Army, whatever. Yeah. Well, then their expenses is Travis Hunter. And so Travis Hunter then just gets his salary. And so that's how that kind of works more of the story of all of this what i'm trying to say is that the school like there's no way for the for the ncaa or the school to regulate that because the ncaa only has saying over the school and the school has no involvement in anything that just happened in that in that collective deal so i mean you you would then have to start setting like outside of just college sports rules you'd have to start setting all kinds of new laws mm-hmm. and so that's when it really gets tricky on how do you re- truly regulate it yeah, and I, I guess just so, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Um, I guess just like also the Supreme Court saying, you know, like you know, it's in your hands. That made it a lot harder to. Yeah, I mean, at the very start, nobody wanted to be legally responsible for anything. Yeah. So I mean, even. For my company, that was one of the biggest things I had to do before I could ever before I could ever do anything was I had to get my contract approved by a by a lawyer mm-hmm. because at the end of the day I didn't want to be sued if something went wrong. Right. So I mean I had to go through all these all these steps to get all that done and then find a lawyer and all this stuff. So yeah. So I guess from from when you put your foot in the ground to like when you signed your LLC, what was that? time window um so i stopped working my other nil job back in june Mm -hmm. and then i launched this company officially on august 1st okay so the month of july was was a massive and i was working another internship this past summer Mm -hmm. and so it was kind of like i'd work that internship and i'd come home at night and i'd build my website work on this contract do whatever yeah the number of hours i spent in starbucks is insane (laughs) yeah but, I mean, it was, let me tell you, there's a Starbucks in Fayetteville, Georgia, that my company was essentially launched outside of. <laughs> so, kind of cool. But, yeah, I mean, that, that month of July was, was what it was. My LLC officially got licensed to me on August 4th. Um, and so, yeah, now I'm just trying to run a company. <laughs> See yeah, if it works. Do you, do you ever, um, I guess, foresee, uh, you know, a, a potential future office or... Cause like I'm just assuming you're doing this out of your house, right? Yeah, I'm I'm running this out of my 
five by five corner of my bedroom where my yeah. desk is currently sitting. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, it is so funny. The other day when I talked about how I call my roommate Blake, um, and I was like, Hey man, look like I accidentally started a, a company bigger than I meant to start, <laughs> bigger than I meant to start. And he was like, yeah, like you're just kind of running out of your office. But he was, he congratulated me. He was like, look, man, like fake it till you make it. Like this yeah. is, this is the greatest example of that I've ever seen. Cause <laughs> that same day I had somebody reach out to me and ask me if, if like, if I could have a conversation about them investing in the company. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, obviously that'd be sick. So I'm, oh, yeah. we're at least having the com- meetings on Friday with him. And so we'll see, we'll see where that goes. But I mean, I was sitting there, I was like, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm currently making an Instagram post on Canva. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Blake was like, yeah, like everything you put out, like looks really professional. Yeah. And I was like, man, I guess like, that's what I'm trying to do is, I mean, by that point I had never made a, never made a sale for an athlete like i mm-hmm. i've signed athletes but i've technically never made any money um and i mean i'm not even two weeks into this thing yet so yeah i guess i'm not really supposed to have yet but <laughs> that was i mean that was kind of surreal to me it was just like i'm i'm sitting in the corner of my room and i have people literally dming me asking to invest in my company yeah and i mean i'm over here just making instagram posts yeah like, I'm, I'm trying to make it look like i like i know what i'm doing yeah and there's like like when I when I started the I use Adobe Audition, yeah. To uh, that's what we're using right now. You know, record this whole thing. I didn't know what it was until mm-hmm. I started a podcast, and so I had to learn like how to use it really fast. Yeah, you know, and so I guess just like you talked about, make it like I I assume you've never had to like make an Instagram post on Canva before. So you I have, started, oh, okay. I used to do, so my background is in social media. Oh, really? Of outside okay. of other things. I've yeah. ran social media for a couple companies and just think, done things like that before. So that was a, definitely a helpful background and kind yeah. of making my social media look professional and mm-hmm. like I know what I'm doing in that side of things. So that helped. But yeah, I mean, definitely. I've never made a website before. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Anything like that. And so learning all kinds of stuff. Business licenses, done nothing about that. Tax yeah. licenses, know nothing about that. So, I mean, I'm learning, I'm learning everything. <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, you learn a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember like when I was looking for the intro song, I was like, cause I'm, I hate using this word, but I am somewhat of a perfectionist. Yeah. And so sometimes it really just kicks me in the butt. Cause I went on like the Adobe stock audio website or whatever mm-hmm. and like for like an hour a day i would just click through all of these songs and because i was like i knew i wanted a guitar riff kind of yeah a little upbeat and i just couldn't find the one i wanted yeah and so finally um i just had to settle for one yeah i mean look, but, let me tell you uh, I'm, I'm the same way when i made my logo I mean, I spent, my logo is super simple. It is a shield with a, with a superhero flying inside of it. And I mean, I spent probably 10 hours trying to figure out and perfect a logo for that thing. And it's, I mean, you look at it now and it's like, it looks good. Yeah. Super simple though. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast yet, but uh, somebody the other day like complimented my, uh, my podcast logo yeah because it's like a it's like a sheet of paper because you can see the the lines on in the background and then 
it says there are no rules and then there's a ruler underneath it. Nice. And I, I mean, it looks really good, but the whole reason this podcast is named There Are No Rules is because I was going on, I forgot, I forgot what it's called, but some Adobe website, I think it's like similar to Canva. Yeah. And so I think it's just like the Adobe edition. But anyways, so I, sc- I, I look up like podcast template. I start scrolling and it's this one and it says, what are the rules anyways? And I was like, I don't really like that name. I was like, huh, there are no rules. And I was like, you know, it's catchy, it's quick, whatever. Literally just like get on the template, delete uh, the words, type there are no rules. And I was like, let's roll with this. Yeah. And so the person that complimented me uh, was under the assumption that like I drew the whole thing myself and, um, you know, did all that. And I was like, no, I, uh, you know, I stole this from Adobe. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it's kind of cool. There's, there's definitely lots of ways out there to just get ideas and oh, yeah. see how to do it. But, I mean, I got on mine. I literally clicked on a, a blank screen. So, I got my name, Hometown Heroes, because I used to always say, like, you don't need to be talking about NIL. You don't have to be the starting quarterback, starting point guard. Like, you're the person that made it out of your hometown mm-hmm. who is now playing a D1 sport. You have your you have your college paid for, you're, you're going, you're really going places and you worked hard to get to this point. And because of that, you have friends, family, kids, all these people in your hometown that now look up to you because of that. So you're a hometown hero because of where you've come. Yep. And so that's, that's where the name hometown heroes came from. But to the logo point and the name point, that's where the name came, the logo. I mean, I clicked on a blank, a blank canvas and I was like, all right. And I searched like superheroes. Yeah. And like I was just like scrolling through all the all the logos and art and whatever came up for it, and I mean this was the logo I have right now with the shield and superhero inside. It was probably the tenth logo that I made, mm-hmm. but the first one actually that I almost com- completely launched with was a like a city background and then just like an HH kind of looked like a law firm. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. it was cool, but it was a lot. So this one, I definitely like having an icon and just like something super simple instead. Yeah, and if anything, people are just like, oh, yeah, that's the superhero company. Yeah. You know, whatever, yeah. it's it's different. Yeah, I was talking to a uh, to a marketing person that works at the company I had an internship with, mm-hmm. and she was telling me all kinds of stuff about it, but she was like, look, ultimately, you want to have some kind of a logo that goes with your name, that an icon, a logo, whatever, that people look at, and they don't have to actually see the name of the company. They can just kind of recognize yeah. And so that's where the ultimate icon of the shield superhero came from. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so cool. I just, it's weird. Like, I guess we're just, you know, getting older and stuff. And I'm like, geez, I, I, I know people now who are like starting their own companies, you know, I know, I know people who are like getting engaged. Yeah. You know, I just like came to um, a wedding this past weekend. I mean, it was wild. Yeah. Like, uh, it's weird to think that like we're both about to be juniors in college, you know. Uh, for me, at least, high school went by really slow, but college has flown by. Yeah, um, I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but man, my college football coach used to always tell me he was like high school, like the day the days are, the days are long, but the years are short. 
Yeah. I mean, there was nothing truer than that. I'd wake up at 5.30 to go to football workouts in the morning and then go to bed at 10 o'clock at night, and that felt like the longest day ever. But then those, like, actual four years, I mean, I look back on it, it felt like a month. It was crazy. Yeah. So in college, it's the same way, just flying yeah. by. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why high school felt like it lasted so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked a lot in high school, so that was part oh, of did the reason. You? Yeah, yeah I, wor- I was working 50 hours a week in high school, probably. Where'd you work at? Depends on which job you're talking about. <laughs> I worked out at some some recreation fields and just refereed and mm-hmm. worked practices, concession stands, things like that. I worked at my church and just kind of ran production stuff. Yeah. Set up a lot of sets and all kinds of stuff like that. I worked for a real estate company and like all those road signs you see on the side of the road. So like open house and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I put those out. Um, I just did a bunch of yard work for people. I mean, I was, I was trying to make money any way I could. Yeah, yard work was always my go-to, mm-hmm. just because, like, you know, growing up, Saturday morning, dad wakes you up, he's like, all right, let's, you know, let's go cut the grass. Yeah. And so. Yeah, no, I, uh, during, everyone, everyone during COVID felt like they, like, just sat at home all day. Yeah. I was never at home during COVID. I was always out doing some kind of yard work. I mean, mm-hmm. whether it was planting flowers, and it was really funny, because everybody wanted more yard work done during COVID, because they were just at home. Yeah. So everybody's calling me. And so because of that, I was just never home. I was planting mm-hmm. flowers, cleaning. I literally like cleaned up woods for probably 60 hours wow. <laughs> over COVID. Yeah. So. I, uh, I, I, I did a lot of sod. Yeah. Um, I laid some sod. A lot of sod jobs during COVID. Yeah. Which was, I mean, it's fine. It's yeah. just. <laughs> Sod's a beast, man. That's like, it it's is. Hard. It's like, I remember there was one job we had where, uh. Guy had ordered like six pallets, yeah, and it was me and me and one of my friends, and so it took us a a little while, yep. But uh, I mean, it's easy after you just place it in there, yeah. But um, yeah, it's nothing. The hard part was he was like, "Well, I got about this like, I don't know. It was probably it's probably a fifty by fifty foot section." Of, like, just old, worn-out grass that he wanted, like, cut out. And all we had was, like, a flathead shovel. And so that took us you know, a greater part of a day. Yeah, the worst part about laying sod is getting up all the old sod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but... um. Man, that's cool. Tell me about your internship this summer. Let me hear about that a little okay. bit. Okay, yeah. I usually don't... I, I don't get to talk too much about uh what I do, but... Yeah. Well, hey, let's, we'd love to hear it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, t- I interned um, the summer at QB Country okay. cool. in Mobile, Alabama, which is where I'm from. I don't know if I've said that on here or not before, but, you know, yeah, yeah. I, the people know now. So anyways, yeah, I'm from Mobile. And uh, so QB Country was started and founded by David Morris. And so David Morris was, he's from Mobile. He went to McGill Tulane Catholic and uh, played quarterback there in high school. And then when it came time to start looking at colleges, he was only getting like JUCO and D2 offers. And he's like, you know, I really just want to go to a Division One school. And so he decided that he was going to walk on at Ole Miss. 
And so this is the part, we're now at the part of the story that I always butcher. But basically, his freshman year, I think somebody got hurt and he was able to start. And so he's the, there's some stat about him. Okay. But it's like, he's like the only like walk on quarterback to like start an entire season or something. This is going to bother me if I don't look it up. <laughs> but anyways, and yeah, I'm probably about to butcher, butcher this again. Hey, that's anyways. Cool Starting quarterback at Ole Miss, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. So his uh, his sophomore year, a guy named Eli Manning comes to Ole Miss. Yeah, little man, not a big name. And so, uh, so after that, he was no longer no longer the starter. But um, okay. He remains the only true freshman walk-on to start a game in the SEC. That's what it is. That's pretty cool. That is cool. And so, oh, I'm glad I have the QB Country website pulled up now. But anyways, so decides to stick with it, ride it out. Him and Eli become best friends. Um, and so, you know, obviously he's not going to go pro. Yeah. Just because, you know, he didn't really play that much. And so he comes back to Mobile, starts training quarterbacks, and eventually decides – because he was also doing real estate at the same time. And so then he decides, you know, I I think I want to make this like my full-time thing. And so he uh, – I, I was in middle school when he built it because I went to the middle school that it's right next to. Yeah. But uh, he built a facility in Mobile and then, you know, started planting roots and – a lot of other cities and states. So locations as of right now are Atlanta, Georgia, Birmingham, Alabama, Charlotte, North Carolina, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Dallas, Texas, Huntsville, Alabama, Jackson, Mississippi, Memphis, Tennessee, Mobile, Nashville, Tennessee, New Jersey, and Tampa, Florida. And nationwide. So, yeah. Um, it, it was just such a... More specifically, I interned with Bryant Elmore, okay. who is the head of performance okay. at QB Country and Mobile, because yeah. so, I want to do the strength and conditioning side. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, you know, David and Bryant were both very good to me, and I'll always be, you know, grateful for my summer with them. And uh, Bryant was actually a intern under Coach Cochran. Okay. When he yeah, was yeah, at yeah. Alabama, he did a. I want to say he told me he did it the spring of 2019. Yeah, real cool. So, um, learned a lot, and then he, you know, kind of passed that on to me. So I learned a ton this summer. Thought yeah. just and. Man, that's real sick. So that's your your ultimate dream. If you could go right now and go do anything, you'd be you'd go do strength and conditioning stuff. Oh yeah, 100. percent Okay. So I, uh, my first two years of college, I um. I had three majors. I'm on my third major now. Nice. So <laughs> it it was kind of a process to get here, but um, there's no better feeling, you know, than like finally feeling like you're called to do what you are doing. Yeah. And this summer, this past summer, really affirmed that for me as well. For sure. Because I just, you know, I love 
waking up every morning, seven o'clock, getting there, um, you know, training people. I met this summer alone. I met Daniel Jones, obviously with the Giants. Uh, David Sills with the Giants. Yeah. Because uh, Daniel and David came down for a week and uh, trained with David Morris. Okay. But we also got to help them. Um, we also got to help them do their workouts and all that stuff because they had they had workouts given to them from the Giants. Okay. And so we were just. I, I've tried to explain it to people before because a lot of people don't understand what the true role of a strength and conditioning coach is. Like some people, I'm sure you do just because you played, you know, sports in high school and all that. But I've had people, you know, I tell them I want to be a strength and conditioning coach and they're like, why do you want to tape ankles? And it's like, no, that that's an athletic trainer. Yeah. And, and nothing against athletic trainers because they're, they're more necessary, you know, than a strength coach is, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with them. That's just their yeah. job. It's just, that's not what I want to do, right. you know? Yeah, I don't want to be an accountant, but I still want to do business. Yeah, kind of exactly. And so, um, where was I going with this? Uh, just kind of like the differences. In oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where I was going with this. So... I had some guy I was, there yeah there was some guy I was talking to and I was like listing off all the things I had to do like get out cones get out hurdles like set bars up at you know specific rack heights for like squat bench you know yeah. whatever it may be he says well it sounds like you know you're just like a you know like a slave to this company or whatever and I was like you know I like I like using the word steward because that's what you are as a coach, yeah. you know, because like, it's not about me anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, my high school baseball or just my baseball career itself is gone, you know, but I've, I've accepted that and I've moved on. And so it's not about me anymore. You know, it's about the players. Yeah. And so when you use the word, when you use the word steward, I think like it puts it it puts the strength and conditioning coach in the best meaning if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Just cuz I'm there to <laughs> I'm there to serve um you know whatever they may need. I'm working with baseball this semester, Alabama baseball. Yeah, that's real cool. I got a lot of guys that I so, know in there. Um we start tomorrow actually, which will be fun. Yeah, real sick. And uh, yeah, I'm just pumped. Yeah, tell me about that job a little bit. What are you going to be doing? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> we'll find out next episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have our intern meeting tomorrow, which is like all of the interns for all of the sports. Yeah. And so um, I think it'll just be like informational, like do this, don't do this. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, for sure. Just like an intern orientation almost. Cool. And so, uh, but yeah, to to answer your original question, um, yeah, point blank period, I want to be a strength and conditioning coach. I haven't really settled on what sport. Yet. Yeah. Because football, you know, if, if you're 
at a Power 5 school for football, you're going to be making big bucks. But the problem with that is there's a lot of what they call logo chasers. And so a guy might not necessarily be a good fit at all for a school, but he sees, you know, six-figure contract, and he just runs towards that, you know. And so there's a lot of that, and it is somewhat saturated a little bit, in my opinion, just from what I can tell so far. Yeah. Just uh, we it's had a, a it's a limited a limited job market. There's only so many. Oh, it definitely so is. many strength and conditioning coaches. Yeah, and you and just being on Twitter, there's also just a lot of talk of you know, and this isn't everywhere, but there there can be like a toxic culture. Sometimes, because what happens a lot of time is, let's pretend I'm a coach, and I post a video of one of my athletes squatting, and then another coach comments, well, you know, his his knees aren't lined up this way, and he, he needs to, like, push his ankles out this way, you know, this, that, and the other, and then, you know, this huge Twitter war starts, and you know um just chaos breaks loose and so that's like other coaches see that and they're like well I don't want to work with this guy and then other coaches see that and they're like well I don't want to work with this guy and so networking is also huge um in the strength and conditioning world just because they well, talking about saturation first, um, I was talking with one of the coaches at Alabama, and he said, when we get an opening here, we get about two to 300 applicants in the first couple hours. Yeah, I'm sure. When the, when the job opens. And so, another thing, a little side note here, too, is that, like, I guess Alabama is, like, the cream of the crop. Yeah, I mean, you're talking you're talking one of the top programs. You got Alabama, Texas, USC, yeah. like word. And so nationwide. you're gonna get a lot of applicants. So it's probably not like that everywhere, but if I had to guess, it's like that at basically all Power Five schools. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, definitely at least most of them. Yeah, for sure. And then, secondly, a lot of jobs aren't posted. Um, just like on the internet. Yeah. So that's where networking comes in. Yeah. You know, you got to know when it goes up. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, buddies with a guy at a school, you want to work out one day, you know, you're already ahead of the curve. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I'm just trying to make good relationships right now. Yeah. Good connections. Yeah. Um, so you say that, so dream job, would you want to come back to Alabama and be, be uh, here? For sure. Okay. Um, I mean, that's as of right now, you know. Yeah. So we'll see how this semester goes. For sure. But um, anyways, before we wrap up, I got to ask you uh, about your skydiving trip. Dude, skydiving was insane. I went this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tell you. So I'm, I'm an adrenaline person. I like love adrenaline big roller coaster guy, all kinds of things like that. Well, I used to always tell people that I I love heights, not scared of heights, mm-hmm. terrified of falling, all right? 
It's like zip lines growing up. Never wanted to do a zip line. I could stand on the platform all day long. Could not pay me to jump off. Mm-hmm. Well, I get the certificate. Somebody gifted me a certificate to go skydiving. I had two years to use it. So I was like, all right, I have the certificate. I have to go. Like, honestly, like, it'll be a really cool experience. At the end of the day, like, they're going to push me out of that plane. Yeah. Like, it's not my decision. And so, so I, I decided, like, all right, this is going to be super cool. I'll call one of my friends. name's Will. Like, hey, man, you want to go skydiving? So we're like, yeah. We show up. We had a wedding in Chattanooga yesterday. Mm-hmm. We were up there, and we are like, all right, already in Chattanooga. Chattanooga has a big skydiving place. So we'll just we'll go the day after the wedding. And so we do. We wake up this morning, get to the skydiving place, get all the forms filled out, register, all that stuff. Put us in the harnesses, teach us kind of like the different like things that we need to know before we get in the plane. And then, so we're up in the plane. It is a it is a small airplane. It is not big. And they pack like probably 10 of us in this 4 by 10 like cab of this plane. And there's a plastic like garage door that folds down <laughs> and i'm sitting there i was like if you turn if you turn sharp enough someone's going through that door like yeah. it doesn't matter if that door's rolled down or not someone's going through it if we get we go up i'm halfway up and they're doing this whole like recording thing of me and the guy looks at me half apparently halfway up i'm like we're like at cloud level by this point and he points the camera at me he's like we're halfway up how are you feeling I'm sitting there. I was like, "If this is halfway up, like we gotta talk. Like we gotta, we gotta <laughs> figure something out." Because he's like, "I'm, I'm level with the clouds right now." Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, you'll be good. Like this will be great." I'm like, "All right, she's like, sure, sure, man." Like he's, he's been doing it for like 38 years, and I was like, "I'll trust you." Mm-hmm. And so I'm completely strapped onto this dude. And so when you get when you get to the top, 14,000 feet up, they they look at you and they're like, "All right, y'all slide, y'all slide forwards." So we slide forwards, and once you go, you don't actually jump out of the plane. You just kind of, like, roll out of the plane, essentially. Okay. And so I sit on the ledge, and I'm sitting there, and when you when you do that, they tell you, like, let, roll your feet up under the plane. Mm-hmm. So I roll my feet up under it, and then I'm sitting there. Well, he takes another scoot forwards. Well, so when this guy that I'm strapped to takes this new seat forwards, I then all of a sudden, like, slide out of the plane. Yeah. So for like five, and I'm strapped to this man. This man's bigger than I am. Yeah. And so like I'm not going anywhere, but it is a different kind of feeling when you were literally dangling out of an airplane, yeah, fourteen thousand feet bet. in the air. <laughs> so there was no other point. Like the rest of the time, like I was fine. I was a little nervous, but outside of that, just like five seconds of dangling in the air, like it was a blast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we roll out of the plane. We somersault a couple times, free fall for probably thirty seconds, and then. You know, teaches me to fly the parachute on the way down. So super cool experience. I'd definitely go again. But I mean, it was it was a blast, man. I'd recommend it to anybody. Yeah, I I just don't know if I would want to do that or not. Yeah, I mean, it's you 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 convince yourself. I for sure. I really don't mind heights at all. Yeah. Um. So like, but I just don't want that to be the way I go out. <laughs> you know. Like everybody talks I, I about like. I was listening to a podcast earlier today, uh-huh. and they it was they were just like a comedy podcast, yeah. And they said something about like you know everybody everybody wants to die peacefully in their sleep, yeah. And I was sitting thinking about it, I was like honestly like this is I don't mean to be morbid at all, yeah. But if I'm gonna go out, like it'd be kind of sick to do something that was like really cool, like ride a shark into a volcano. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you start thinking of all the ways that like you theoretically could if you're just like have the choice. 
I mean, peacefully in your sleep, like, that'd be great. But there's some pretty epic ways that you could, you could go. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds, I have a friend who, or he's one of my best friends, and we fish a lot and stuff. And so he says, uh, he always says, when he, like, when he gets old, he knows the time is coming, about to die. He wants to, like, kayak out off the coast of, like, Hawaii and just have, like, a huge blue marlin or something come in and just spear him through the chest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if, most people will be able to guess who said that, but uh, I, I won't say it. But anyways, that's just always such a funny image to me because, like, if I have the choice, I'm just going to die in my sleep. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, look, like I really just don't want to go splat. Yeah, look, you know, real, like, realistically, I'm I'm never riding a shark into a volcano. Yeah, like I yeah. would much rather of the realistic ways that things are going to happen, I'd probably just much rather die in my sleep. Yeah, obviously, I hope that this is 100 years down the line from now. Oh I'm yeah, of course, 120 years old. Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, just that conversation that reminded me of it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm also very skeptical of like skydiving companies because i uh joe rogan had a like ex-navy seal on or something and he was talking about skydiving companies and he was talking about like when the seals jump you know they're checking double checking triple checking like all the shoots and stuff to make sure uh that you know nothing nothing's tangled up nothing's knotted up that kind of thing and he said when he did it that like nobody really checked or anything they were just like well all right yeah, you know, I, I will say that was not the case with me. Okay. Um, so, Chattanooga Skydiving Company, little plug for them, I guess. Okay. Um, but, I mean, like, the guy I jumped with, the guy that was, like, worked for the company with me, he'd been doing it for 38 years. The guy that went with my brother, or with my buddy, he'd been going for 25 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, all super, like, definitely experienced, know what they're doing. My guy double-checked everything, at yep. least double-checked, if not triple-checked. Told okay. me how to do everything. So, I mean, I... I there was no point where I didn't feel like I was pretty secure. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, is there... Is it basically, like, you just kind of pay them one fee? My question is, like, are there levels to it? Like, and if so, what are they? Or is it just, like, they just have one price, you pay it, and you go in and jump? Yeah, so there's levels to it. I did the tandem one. Really, like if you're just doing it your first time, just to do it for fun, you do the tandem one. Okay. Um, and tandem just means that they're strapped to you and yep. they really do everything for you. You just kind of fall. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get like licensed for it, then you sign up and you like go through this whole like training course and jump multiple times and learn all the vocabulary and everything that they use for it. Yeah. But if you're not trying to get licensed for it, then you just do the tandem one, pay the one-time fee. If you want to, you can pay the, an extra fee and get the, the video and pictures and all that stuff made. So, just however you want to do it. That's cool. So, you said you got a video, right? I, I got a video of it. It was pretty sick. Okay. Yeah, so dude. You'll have, to, you'll have to share that with me. I will. Because I'm interested. In the... Yeah. They said I'd get it back in 24 hours. So, I'll get okay, it sometime. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a quick morning. turnaround. Yeah. But, so, um, but, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a dope experience. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll see what uh what happens in the future. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe I can be convinced. Hey, let me let me know. I'll go with you. Yeah. Well, anyways, I uh, I think we're gonna wrap up here. Cool. But um, I really enjoyed it. It's flown by. Yeah. Man. Um, 
we're back. So, uh, new episode every Friday now. Sick, yeah. Everyone give it a listen. So, yeah. So, if you ever want a, uh, if you ever want an athlete on here, let me know and I'll get you an NIL deal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, anyways, with that, uh, Micah, thank you for being here. Hey, man, thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. And, uh, so, yeah, this drops August 19th, and then after that will be, next episode is August 26th. So, uh, thank you for listening, and bye, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.